We have been working our way through the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, these are a collection of uh, 14 Psalms or so in, uh, in the book of Psalms in the Old Testament. Uh, these Psalms in particular were used uh, by God's people as they would sing them as they journeyed from uh, the surrounding uh, uh, land and the promised land as they journeyed to Jerusalem. Uh, for the feast and and celebrations that God prescribed for them to come and gather into his presence and to celebrate and worship him and to be with his people. Uh, We've been uh, looking at at these, understanding uh, our lives as a journey as well. These psalms also apply to us. We, through faith in Christ, have been grafted into the people of God. We don't need to do anything to the Old Testament to make it Christian scripture. It is Christian scripture. Uh, and so we want to see what, is, what did these Psalms of Ascent mean for us as we as well journey, as we journey and anticipate meeting and gathering before our God with his people in his renewed and restored land, which is the entire creation. This morning, as we get to Psalm 134, the last of the Psalms of Ascent, uh, we can see uh, through, through going through each of these psalms, now the, the worshipers, the journeyers, the travelers have arrived at the temple. They've arrived in the presence of their God. What's, what's on their mind? What's on their thoughts? So it should shape us as we journey and anticipate meeting with our God and forming our, our longings, our desires, our thoughts as well. So if you would, look with me in uh, Psalm 134. It's three verses. We'll look at them all together this morning. If you're following along in one of the black Bibles there in your seats, this is on page uh, 519. A song of ascents. Come bless Yahweh, all you servants of Yahweh, who stand by night in the house of Yahweh. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless Yahweh, may Yahweh bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. Let's pray. Father, by your word, you spoke everything into being. And here, as you continue to to speak your word and use your word to continue to recreate and reshape and reform us, we pray that you would accomplish your purposes, that your word would not return void. Uh, that you would accomplish what you intend and you purpose in our hearts and our lives this morning. Give us ears to hear uh, your word as you speak to us, your people, this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you were like this when you were a kid, uh, thinking about Christmas time, uh, going and journeying a long way to travel to go see grandparents, uh, and on your mind, you know, oh, they haven't seen me in, in a year. I bet they're going to have all sorts of presents under the tree. I wonder how many they got for me this year. I wonder how big the boxes are going to be. And so you, you finally, after this long trip and this long journey, you, I, I remember driving up this, the, the hill to my, to my grandmother's house and hopping out and running inside. First thing I do is not run over and give Granny a big hug and say, oh, I've missed you. I'm so glad we've traveled so far just to see you. That wasn't on my mind at all. 
right past Granny, right under the door, looking under the tree. How many presents are there for me? What did you get for me this year? Oh, that betrays what's going on inside my heart. That my longing and my desire is more what I can get, what gifts there are for me, instead of being occupied and focused and thinking about the giver of these great gifts. You think about these these people uh, of, uh, of Israel as they're journeying to Jerusalem, many of them long distance, taking several days to, to get there. After they arrive, they're finally at the end of this journey. They arrive in the presence of the Lord. What's on their minds? What's on their hearts? What they can get from him? How he will bless them and what they will experience? Maybe it's uh, being awed at the sights of Jerusalem and all that they see around them, or maybe it's seeing all of their, their friends that have, they haven't seen for, uh, for since the, the last festival. Maybe it's focused on, I just need some rest. I've spent all of this money and all this time, and right now it's time for me to celebrate me. And so, pour me up a cold glass of goat's milk. Let's sit down and kick our sandals off and rest after this long journey. What's on their mind? What's on their thoughts? Look, after this journey, it's not themselves they're thinking of at all. Look in verse 1. Come, bless Yahweh. Again, at the end of verse 2, it's repeated again. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless Yahweh. That, that language of, of blessing God it is uh, when, when it's used in Scripture of, of blessing, when it's, uh, it's coming uh, from God to us, it's Him imparting uh, goodness and, and, and gifts and his, his favor and His strength and His refreshment to us. That's not the way it goes when it's coming from us to the Lord. To bless God, He doesn't need anything from us. To bless God is to exalt Him. To glorify and praise Him. That's why we, we see as they, they finally enter into the presence of their God, they come from this long journey, they travel. What's consuming their thoughts and their minds and their longing and their heart is blessing God. Bless our covenant God. Why? Well, look at the, the end, who He is. He is the one who's made heaven and earth. The one who has made heaven and earth, and yet he calls and has redeemed and saved us to be his people. The, the end of, of their journey, uh, of seeing them come into the presence of, uh, of their God, and with their focus being to worship and bless and glorify him, uh, actually points us to a foretaste of what is at the end of our journey. When we gather before the presence of our God, in Revelation chapter 5, listen to what John sees. I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders, the voice of many angels numbering myriads and upon myriads and thousands upon thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb 
be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. That's where we're headed. That's the end of our journey. Being in the presence of our God and what we see will consume us when we are in the presence of our mighty, holy, redeeming Savior is nothing but offering him eternal blessing and honor and glory. Does that consume your thoughts and your heart now? Does it consume my thoughts and my heart now as I am on this big journey anticipating the return of Jesus to renew and restore all things and we're gathered into his presence? Is my focus on blessing my God? I'm bringing glory to honor him in everything that I think and everything that I do making sure that that all about me and my life and my heart and the way that I use my stuff and the way that I treat other people, not just the way that we gather on Sunday morning, but how we worship God through the way that we work and the way that we eat and the way that we walk down the street and the way that we study. Is it focused on the one who the creator of heaven and earth would become a creature to die for me, to redeem and save me with his blood? He would be worthy of praise and honor and glory just for being creator. But he's not just creator. He's covenant savior and redeemer. And he has redeemed and saved you, people of God. Does he not deserve all of our blessing and our glory and our honor? What about the, the little journey that we make? We've talked about this before, that we can see each week, As we gather together as God's people, we are journeying into the presence of our God. The special presence of our God as we gather corporately to worship on the Lord's Day, as he calls us into his presence. What occupies our hearts and our minds when we come here to gather before our Lord on the Sunday morning? At the end of the journey, after your long commute, for me, two minutes. My focus on me, on what I'm going to get out of the worship service, that you will like me more at the end of this, that I will get your encouragement or your praise? What about you? Do you come focused mainly on what you will get out of the sermon? Will there be anything here for you today? Is it the muffins after church or the coffee? Is it hoping that they will sing songs that you like this morning? How do you choose a church? A church that plays the, the style of worship that you like or meets in the kind of, kind of building that you prefer? Or maybe it's the, the kind that has programs that align just perfectly with all the age and stage of your kids or or yourself. If you enter into a church and your first thought is, man, there's nobody here like me. Maybe I should go somewhere else where I can find more people like me. Does that not begin to show and betray that on this journey week in and week out to gather before our Lord, we're more concerned with ourselves 
then when we set foot in the presence of our God thinking, may we bless him. May we glorify him. May we exalt this redeeming, creating God who has called us into his presence. You see, Psalm 134 begins to shape us. That as God's people, as we journey, what should be on our hearts and our minds should be exalting our covenant God. But it's not just exalting our covenant God that we are encouraged to do in this psalm. We're also called to encourage our covenant leaders. Notice again in verse 1 and 2. Come bless Yahweh, all you servants of Yahweh, who stand by night in the house of Yahweh. Now the ones who are speaking at the beginning of the psalm are the worshipers, the journeyers, the travelers. Who, who is it that they're, they're extending this call to, to bless God? Well, it tells us, the servants of Yahweh. Well, we've already seen that uh, the people of God as a whole can be called the servants of God as we've been redeemed and saved by Him. But notice here, in particular, it's talking about those who stand by night in the house of Yahweh. It, this is talking specifically in this context uh, about the priest and the Levite. Those who, who serve God in the temple, who minister on His behalf to the people of God. Here, the people, as they, they gather and as they enter into Jerusalem, they're focused on encouraging these covenant leaders to do what they've been called and tasked to do by God. They're calling them to lift up their hands, to bless Him towards the holy place, to celebrate and exalt God in all that they are doing. Uh, in fact, if we look back in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, this gives us an idea of what these priests and Levites were called to do. At that time, Yahweh set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, to stand before Yahweh, to minister to Him, and to bless in His name to this day. They've been called, they've been set apart to glorify God and to build up and shepherd and encourage His people, to make sure that all are turning their hearts and their lives to the provision that God provides for them. Uh, what does that look like for us now as we are on this journey to encourage those who are covenant leaders, our shepherds, that they might do what they've been set apart and called to do. Think about here in the context of our, our church. When you see your leaders or, or those that we will elect here in a few months, when you see them doing and, and exhibiting the qualities and doing the role that God has called them to do faithfully, and you experience uh, uh, God's work uh, in your life through that work, are you thankful for that before God? Do you encourage them and say, continue to do this. Continue to point me to God. Continue to exalt and glorify our God. We've, we see you doing this. Will you continue to do it? Maybe sometimes it might look the other way. 
What if you don't see them glorifying God and exalting him? What if you see them from time to time making comments or doing certain things, whether it's in the context of the church or in personal interactions that you have with your leaders or outside in our community? Do you go and talk to them? Do you not talk about them? Go and talk to them to encourage them and remind them who they are, who they have been called to be, who they've been set apart to represent to the congregation. If that fails, then go to the elders of our church or to the presbytery. Why? Because the focus is on the glory of God and him being exalted through his people. But there's other ways that it can come across. And other ways that we can encourage uh, the, the covenant leaders of God's people, and that's to pray. Pray for your current leaders. Right now, it's just, it's just me. We have some elders in our presbytery who, you know, uh, we've, we don't see a whole lot of because of the distance. But we're in the process of training elders and deacons, training officers for our church that will uh, as they're examined by our presbytery and fulfill, see that they fulfill the, uh, the requirements in 1 Timothy and Titus, they'll be put before our congregation for election. Are you praying for them now? Praying for our future leaders that God would raise up and place men as shepherds in this congregation who their focus is the glory and honor of Jesus. Not their fame, not gaining influence, but the honor and glory of Christ, exalting him, that they would pray this, that they would be more concerned with Christ's glory than you liking them. Because there may come a time, God forbid, that you begin to stray, and in order for them to encourage and reclaim you, they might have to speak something into your life that you don't want to hear and you don't like. In that moment, right now, as you think about potentially being in that context, what do you really want from them? That their focus is on exalting and glorifying Jesus or on you liking them? Because the difference could be the difference between heaven and hell. Are you praying for these men? that they would continue to grow, that their focus would be on discipling and shepherding and equipping and encouraging you to walk with and know and cling and depend upon your God. I need those prayers. Please, please pray for me. You can do this now, but also, are you preparing yourself? to be those who are submitting and trusting these leaders that God brings into our lives. Uh, look at what the author of Hebrews says in chapter 13. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. One of the ways that 
leaders of God's covenant people are encouraged is through the submission and trust and obedience of God's sheep. It can be an experience of groaning for them, or it can be an experience of joy. You see, it's applied from both ends. The the shepherds have a great responsibility, but so do the sheep. Are you preparing and asking God now to prepare you to be ready to be one who encourages, not with your work, just with your words, but with your actions? Because remember, our, our whole goal is the glory and honor of Jesus. We've been set apart as his ambassadors, his priests, to show and demonstrate his glory to the nations. So we see that we've been called to exalt our covenant God. We are being called to encourage our covenant leaders. And lastly, we see that we have been called to experience covenant blessing. Remember, in, in Deuteronomy, what it said that, that the priests were set apart and Levites were set apart to do. Yahweh set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh, to stand before Yahweh to minister to him, and to bless in his name. God has set people over his sheep so that they, through their ministry, through their applying and teaching and communicating the word of God to his people, they would experience his blessing. God's covenant people do experience blessing. But notice that how it's connected when our focus is on exalting God when our focus is on encouraging and having the right kind of shepherds in place that are encouraging and urging God's people on to the glory of God, that it's then that we experience this covenant blessing. Notice, this this blessing, though, that we experience as God's people is is personal. In in verse 3, May Yahweh bless you. It's not plural there. It's not, may Yahweh bless y'all. It's you as an individual. Do Do you understand the significance of that? That the maker of all things, the one who has redeemed and saved you, is concerned with blessing you personally. What a privilege that is. Even the great blessing that God gave uh, Aaron to speak over his people back in Numbers 6. Yahweh bless you, individual, and keep you, individual. Yahweh make his face to shine upon you, there it is again, and be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Where are these words coming from? This is what God desires and delights for his covenant people. These are the words that he's given his shepherds to speak over them and to bless them because God desires to bless you. He desires to keep you. He desires to make his face to shine upon you. He longs to be gracious to you. He longs to lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Do you believe that? Are you trusting and resting in the fact that you are accepted and delighted in before your God because of what Jesus has done? And therefore, uh, humbly, you can come before your God because you recognize you don't deserve it, but also you can rest 
in this blessing that he speaks upon you, that he loves you, and that he delights in you because of what God has done for you through Jesus. But again, we also see it's not just personal, but it is also corporate. Look in verse 3. And may Yahweh bless you from Zion. Zion. It's another word to talk about Jerusalem used in the Old Testament. But what was that? That was the dwelling place of God among his people. Now we're talking plural. You are saved and redeemed as individuals. But you are always saved into the covenant people. And it's out of this gathered people... within whom the presence of God dwells, that it's from there that blessing is extended out. Blessing to the individuals, but also blessing to the nations. Again, notice what it says. May Yahweh bless you from Zion. You see, we, we are blessed from our God. But what we see in Scripture consistently is that you cannot be blessed apart from being connected to the covenant people of God. An individualistic, isolated Christian is foreign, a foreign concept in the scriptures. We're always redeemed and saved into community. And it's there that we experience the blessing of our God in its fullness. That's why the author of Hebrews, again, would encourage people not to neglect meeting and gathering together. Why? Because you are the people of God. We are a family. We have been bought and purchased by the blood of the creator of life. What about you? Do you recognize and see your need to be a part of and connected to the people of God? Are you a a member of a church? Not necessarily Harbor, but a church that proclaims and exalts and glorifies Jesus. Uh, I I know people's stories are are complicated, and many of you have experienced pain under churches and shepherds who have not had their focus on glorifying God, and it has brought great injury and great pain and great trauma to your life, and because of that, you wonder, do I even want to be a connected and a part of this people anymore? We see and, and, and recognize and acknowledge that Jesus is capable of healing those wounds, It it should show us all the more the importance that as you guys are beginning to pray for our elders and deacons that we will elect to be a part of this congregation, that they fulfill the requirements of Scripture. That their focus is on the glory of God because we do not want any more pain coming forth out of our church. What do we want? What do we long for? Blessing. We long for you to experience the blessing of our God as we hope and we rest and we trust in Him. But notice how 
again, this blessing fuels our exaltation of our God. Who is the one blessing us? May Yahweh bless you from Zion. Who is this covenant God? It's he who made heaven and earth. Do you, do you realize what this is saying? The maker of heaven and earth desires to bless you. What do we deserve? From our rebellion and high treason against the creator and king of all things, we deserve nothing but his wrath. Nothing but his judgment. Nothing but his rejection. But what does this tell us? That through the work of Jesus, we can now experience from our God blessing. Not curse, blessing. This is not because of anything you've done. Not a single one of us are worthy of this blessing. Your deserving of this has not been affected by anything you've done this past week. Any sin you've, you've committed. Or any righteous act or good deed that you've done. And your deserving of this blessing will not change what you do forward, moving forward. Why? Because it's rooted in Jesus and what he has done for you. All the blessing that we receive comes through him. This creator and maker of heaven and earth took on flesh to die and redeem and save his people. Does the fact that we experience this blessing from our God not motivate and encourage and fuel our exaltation of our covenant God? Should it not then also motivate us that we would encourage our covenant uh, leaders that God would continue to be glorified, that God's people would continue to be built up so that his glory would spread through the nations and that more and more people would be invited into and experience the blessing that comes from a renewed and restored relationship with Christ. This is the good news of the gospel. It's the privilege that we have as God's people. May these things be what shape and inform our minds and our hearts as we journey to meet with him. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your work on our behalf. Uh, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that you've extended to us as sinners, that now we gather before you as your people, experiencing blessing. Uh, may we continue to grow in our longing and our desire to glorify you, to celebrate you, and to exalt you. Uh, change us. We need you. Um, Holy Spirit, do your work in us this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.